Welcome to Trans Stories, a production of the Transformation Thursday podcast. I am Amy Stevens, your fabulous host, and I'm coming to you recorded live in the fabulous Federal Building here in Rochester, New York. And yes, we are under quarantine. Well, not quite quarantine, but uh, definitely the studio seems like a ghost town tonight. Usually we have people behind us in the main studios of WAYO when we record here. There's nobody here tonight. I brought in my disinfecting wipes and I wiped down the studio. I brought in my own windscreen for my microphone because I didn't want to be recording into somebody else's crap. Just taking little precautions here and there, and I hope you're doing the same through this uncertain time that we're living through. So, But still, with you probably having some extra time on your hands, why don't you listen to Transformation Thursday and or Trans Story? So we're going to continue to create content. However, one big change is with our local guests who usually come into studios. We are going to be recording those remotely as well. And this evening I have... As a continuation of transitioning into workplace series, I have Veronica, or excuse me, V. Susie with us. She works locally here as an IT professional in Rochester, New York, and she's going to discuss with us her transformation in the workplace, and she's going to do that right after this little break. Welcome back to Trans Stories. I am Amy Stevens, and I don't think I said my pronouns earlier, which I usually do on these podcasts. My pronouns are she, her, and that's why I'm called Amy. Well, no, that's not why I'm called Amy. Actually, the real reason I'm called Amy is because my parents named me that, but they never fully realized that we'd actually get around to using it. But that's another story for another time on a, probably the main podcast. But tonight we have joining us via Zoom video conferencing. I'd like to welcome V. Susie here to, well, actually back uh, her first visit to Trans Stories, but she was a prior guest of Transformation Thursday. So she's Liked her experience so much the first time, she decided to come back for more punishment again. So welcome back, V. Thank you. It's a little more like my bedroom right now than the studio, but... Yeah, uh, you're joining us somewhere, somewhere via a secure, undisclosed location, right? Yep, yeah. underground bunker. Underground bunker. I feel like sometimes we should be like Dick Cheney, you know, just <laughs> like, maybe shouldn't tell where everybody is, but that's... <laughs> It harkens back to a whole nother saga in our lives, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, V, so I think last time we were on, you were on Transformation Thursday. We didn't talk, we, we talked a little bit about your transition story, but just, um, but bring us up to date, you know, where, you know, to give the listeners that didn't hear your um, last story with us. So if you haven't heard it, you should go back and look for that. Um, but, you know, give us your, you know, give us the nickel tour of how you got to where you're at today, and then we'll dive into your transition in the workplace. All right. Um, well, I uh, started off, I've been working for the same company uh, since I, uh, pretty much almost since I graduated high school. I went to uh, RIT for a couple semesters, failed out, and my mom's like, well, you got to get a job. So she was a nurse, so I ended up working for the healthcare system. One of the local ones. Um, well, from as a what secretary. I understand, your mom is a very well respected nurse within the community. She is. Here. She is. She, uh, she not as much anymore, but uh, within that health system, she was very well known. Well, our mutual friend has very nice things to say about yeah. her. Yeah, so. yeah. She's a, she's a good person. She raised some uh, lovely daughters. Uh, so yeah, I spent ten years as a secretary on the floors at the hospital. Um, and then a friend of mine was working in IT and he was planning on leaving his position on the service desk and said, hey, if you're interested, 
I can put your application through. He did. I got the job. Uh, a couple years later, I moved into desk side support, which is more, you know, hands-on in the field. And then um, due to some, you know, not to make a long story out of it, due to some of my other experience, I ended up taking the job I have now as a, a security administrator, uh, working and creating new accounts for users within our EMR system. So you dropped out. So you left Rochester Institute of Technology and you get mm -hmm. into the IT field first on the help desk. But, you know, what type of background or did you have other education then in IT stuff or were you just more self-taught? I was self-taught um, when I was in high school. I took some programming classes that I excelled at. Um, I took both of both our C++ class and our advanced C++ class, which is a coding language um, at the same time, which they never had, had anyone do before. I'm pretty sure they haven't had anyone do it since. Uh, I got A's in both classes. You're pretty confident about that, B. <laughs> the teacher was not happy that I got the approval to do it. Um, but I, I excelled, and so I decided to go into programming and went to RIT and learned I had a social life and didn't do so well in classes. Uh, yeah, I remember my third junior year kind of the same way, so I fully understand. So, yeah. so I, uh, to throw in there, too, I have gone back since. Um, I have a degree in mathematics with an elementary education background. Um, that also has not worked out, but I get paid more in IT. So Definitely. And you're also thinking about going back to graduate school, as I we am. discussed. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to go back to become a uh, therapist. Uh, there are, as we have discussed, not too many trans femme therapists in the area, and more is always helpful. I don't know of any in the area. Yes, I, I, I don't want to say none, but as far as I'm aware, I don't know of any either. I know, I know so. a couple of trans masculines. That's what I was going to say. I do. I have, I have heard through the grapevine some trans masculine counselors, which is great, but I think, you know, to have some. Mm -hmm. um, trans femme would be great, you know, for kids, young adults. And, you know, I'm hoping to focus on kids just because of my education background. Yeah. Uh, let's see where it ends me up. I think that's where I'm kind of leaning towards that as well. And I had my group interview a couple of weeks ago before all the schools got locked down right. around the country. So hopefully I'll find out in the next couple of weeks if I got accepted to, yeah. Cause I, I postponed I'm, mine. Yeah. You're going to do social work though, right? I'm doing, yeah. I have master's in social work and I postponed it until, the 2021 fall yeah but so I have a little more time to apply well you're a lot younger than I am so you have more time <laughs> it's true I Thanks. also want to get through my divorce and take care of all that before I start racking up more debt yeah I understand so no so well that's fantastic so you do have some vision beyond even where you're at now but let's right. look at your hindsight that 2020 hindsight so mm -hmm. you know give us the nickel tour of you know how you became v or how V so, came out is probably the better way to put it. Because yeah, you were always um, there. I was always there. Um, I'm much more prominent than I was before. Um, I came out. I, I, my, I would like to say, I don't know if you guys use this or not, but I've heard the uh, epiphany moment. A lot of people like to say. The moment where you're like, oh, I am trans. And now I need to do something about this. And that came when I was listening to, oddly enough, a podcast from a friend of mine. Uh, it's called Diary of a Trans Woman, not to throw 
plug in there. But if you're looking for something else to listen to, she's who could look for anything else other than transformation story and trans stories? It should be enough. It is a limited series. She has stopped doing it, so there's only so many episodes. All but... right, we'll forgive you this one time. <laughs> I was listening to three episodes in a row, and when I finished the third episode, I just sat there and I was like, I like relate to almost all of this. And so that was the moment where I decided I needed to move forward and investigate further. Um, I was married. Uh, first I filled a couple people, like two people or so between, including Abby, um, before I told my wife, but I wanted her to be one of the first people I told. Um, so I told her before I started going to a therapist. I went to a therapist, and after my first session, I started coming out to people, like, immediately. Wow, that quick. Yeah, yeah. I felt it just, just that one session made me feel like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm moving forward. That's all it took. It's amazing to me how many similarities we all have in our stories. And as you talk about that, you know, I can hear some of the similarities mm-hmm. I had, you know, listening to podcasts, doing things, you know, in mm-hmm. private. You know, my big thing was cross-dressing in secret. Yep, same here. And, and but yet, you know, when you realize these things because of whatever reason, how when you first started seeing your counselor, you were, you were, you start coming out right away. Mm-hmm. And when I started, I think- yeah. I think that weekend I came out to my best friends. And when I started coming out, I ended up, you know, very slowly and methodically doing it. And that was February of 17. I came out to my, came out to my, you know, now ex in April of 2017 and really started to accelerate things late 17 into 2018. And it wasn't until July of 2018 that I started on hormones and I think one of the things, you know, and it took me a year to go from hormones to presenting full-time at work or full-time mm-hmm. period, but you were a little bit different there too, if memory serves me. Right I was, the yeah. Interview. Um, so I had my first therapy appointment was on February 29th, 2016, because that was the last time we had one of those. And well, the last time was February 29th, well, 2020. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Not to date your podcast or anything for people listening in the future. That's fine. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I went full-time in December on my birthday, December 2nd. In between there, I came out to people on Facebook in October. That was pretty much getting everybody else in line. Um, I came out, I started transitioning at work the same day. I, I, uh, considered my full-time day, which was December 2nd. So you, so you had a pretty quick ramp up then from, you know, acknowledging that you're trans and then within a year, you're, you're a little, a little over a year total, a little yeah. over a year. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure quite where on the time. It was about six months between, um, my epiphany, which was in September and the therapy appointment. So would you say then, you know, that you started transitioning socially then via social media and with friends? Um, sort of, uh, especially um, I find so the social aspect a weird thing, um, but yeah, I was doing our weekly game night after I started after I'd come out to everybody. Uh, my our weekly game night, I would be wearing a skirt. Um, for a while, I even still had facial hair, and I was just like, whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess I transitioned socially, probably into the summer of that year. And then you said the medical transition started December then. December 2nd was when I started taking hormones okay. and went full-time. 
And then you started, so you went full-time. That means you started coming to work. So what kind of organization, right. you know, is your employer without naming them, obviously? Um, they're a healthcare. They're a healthcare organization, um, rather large. Uh, I mean, that narrows it down to two. That's about as far as I'll go for narrowing it down. But um, there had been one other trans person that I knew of that had transitioned at work. So I contacted her and kind of said, hey, how do I do this? because HR wasn't much help when I talked to them and kind of came up with a plan and moved forward from there. So other, so you are, so you knew one trans woman at work and did she, work? I wouldn't say I knew her, but okay. Well, you knew of her enough to reach I knew out of to her. her. Yes. You're right. Correct. Okay. And so she wasn't, so she gave you some tips and advice, but HR yeah. did not. I had talked to HR and they were like, well, let us know how you want to do this. I'm like, that's why I came to you. Like I wanted you to kind of give me the like policy that we have in place. Yeah. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And they had no idea. So you go to HR, they're not prepared for you. So what kind of preparation and research did you do before telling your boss or anybody else? That was the big thing was talking to that one woman. Um, So when I, I, I mentioned I took this job that was during that year of kind of sorting everything out. Um, I knew I wanted to transition. I was going from a team that was all men and I applied for two positions. One of them was another team of all men and one was a team of women. And I was like, I feel much more comfortable with the team of women. Uh, When I got off of the job, I took it. And so I knew that I was in a little bit safer of a place to transition at that point. So it was about, See, I started August 1st. I went to HR August 22nd. It's weird how these dates stick in your head. Yeah, you're very Um, specific. I don't know why. I usually am not. Um, I went to HR on the 22nd, and they were like, yeah, just let us know how we want to do this. And I'm like, I have no idea. So I reached out to that one trans woman. Uh, we met in a conference room. I still remember the first thing she said to me when we walked. She walked in the room was, "So, are you scared?" And I mean, like now looking back on it, yeah, that's like we we're all scared at that point. And I think a natural reaction for a lot of trans sure. people is to be scared, and you know, and yeah. I didn't think I should be, but I should have yeah. been. You know, yeah. looking back, so. So you talk to her. She asks you if you're scared. And I'm sure she gave you some other, any other practical she me, she, advice she gave you? She kind of went through how she did it. And so I kind of based the way I transitioned similar to hers. Um, she told me that she spent the first year doing just uh, hair removal. And I was like, yeah, I'm not waiting for, for that to be done before I transition. I can't. That's Some people can, some people can't, you know. And I was just like, nope. Um. Yeah, so when I got the job, I shaved my face. That was when I finally shaved off all the facial hair because it was one of my anxieties was how people were going to react when I shaved it off off because it was part of my identity. Yeah, how how did people react to that? The, a lot of people were like, well, what happened to your, your beard? And my response was, luckily, because the, you know, the situation I was in, I was like, oh, you know, new job, new me. And little did they know how... Amazingly accurate that was. Yeah, Yeah, just wait till you see me next year. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, so it was an easy answer, but I don't know how I would have handled it if I had done it, you know, months before. 
because you know i don't know it seems stupid but facial hair becomes part of your identity when you're masculine yeah it really does or lack of it in my case because Mm -hmm. i was never able to grow anything out so 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 other than talking with um the trans woman from work Mm -hmm. did you search any websites did you do any online Um, research i think i did a little bit but i don't remember anything specific it wasn't a big part of your process no um what ended up happening was i met up with hr again like a month later Uh and i said okay i'm going to come out on facebook at some point i'm going to you know i want someone to send out a notice to the department saying that this person is no longer this name you will call her female pronouns and uh at the time it was nika as we discussed in our previous Uh, podcast um and uh i basically told them at that time i'm like like they're like when do you want to do that when do you want to go full-time i was like let's just say my birthday it was three months away at that point felt like far enough and it was a good date and then everything just fell into place so so you're talking to hr you set the date for three months in advance to coincide with your birthday are you are you talking to anybody else that you're close to at work? Any coworkers? Anything um, yes, like that? actually, yeah, uh, hadn't thought of that. Uh, I'd come out to one of my coworkers, who was one of my greatest allies for the first six months of transition. Was um, you was. said was correct? We no longer talk, and I have no idea why. But I've tried to get in contact with her and, you know, get together and discuss what happened, but she has always blown me off. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, eh, it's what it is. Um, she unfortunately works about a hundred feet from me. So oh, I do see her frequently, but the anxiety has dropped from before because it's been three years now. Um, but yeah, I came out to her. We went for a walk one day and it, like, we'd never really talked before that. And I was like, we had a mutual friend. And the mutual friend had told me that she'd be a good person to come out to. And she was. Uh, she was very helpful early on. So you did find that immediate ally. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the friendship ceased for some reason unknown to you at this point. Why? Right. Um, but then, you know, what happened when you told your boss? My boss uh, was... <laughs> okay. So my current boss, who is the, one, the first person I came out to professionally, um, aside from HR... She's a family member. She is my dad's uncle, or my dad's uncle. Nope. She's my dad's cousin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's my dad's cousin. Oops. Uh, I've never heard of I, anybody misgendered that way. I know, right? <laughs> She's my dad's cousin, and um, we hadn't, I hadn't seen her since I was like five years old. Um, so it's not like there's really nepotism there, but we do have the same last name. But I came out to her. I figured it should be a good, you know, middle point, someone who was both family and uh, work. And she was completely accepting. Um, I came out to my director next, and I was super worried about that. And again, he was super, super uh, good about it. He told me later that he went home and told his wife that he has a trans worker now. Okay, that's a little weird, but all right. (laughs) You have a trans worker. It's like, I don't know, is there like a Broadway tune for that? I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Broadway's closed down, so not right now there's no Broadway tune. (laughs) 
Um, oh gosh, that's a, that, but that's a, that. But you know, but you know, he he right. Yes, he. Yeah, so he's trying to be accepting, and you know, correct. And he's and he's correct. Trying to probably figure this out and process this yep. because I'm sure that's something new for for him. Yep. Um, he was, like I said, very accepting for someone who had no idea what it even meant, really. And you still um, work for these two people? I do still work for the two of them. We now have a uh, senior director thrown in there. And when we get to that part of the story, I'll discuss that one. But Okay. All right. So so you're out to your, basically, your two immediate supervisors. One, mm-hmm. fortunately, is um, a distant family member, we'll say. Right. Um, but yet they are supportive. And yep. then your boss, they, that's your direct report that you report directly yes. to? Okay. Yes. So you report directly to your, your boss, and he's accepting. And so we fast forward to three months. It's your birthday. And what happens? Um, I was actually off on my birthday. I had taken the whole week off um, kind of just to get things in order. Um, I say I went full-time on December 2nd, but that whole week I was full-time because I could be. Um, but, on I want to say that the f- first or the 31st November, I don't know, whatever November, it is, I'm not figuring it out right now. Um, <laughs> the 30th of November, yeah, uh, the, the, um, head of it sent out an email to the whole department saying what I said before, um, which I, which I had wrote written with, uh, HR's help. Um, so everybody knew I started getting friend requests on Facebook from work people. Uh, just kind of checking in and, you know, congratulating me and everything. Um, when I went back to work on the fourth, uh, everything there, I mean, there were, I remember sitting in my car, you know, deep breathing, being like, okay, you're going to do this. Um, I still remember the outfit I wore the first day. Um, but I mean, everything ended up being pretty good and straightforward early on. Okay. So first, but there's a butt in there somewhere, right? Um, things have, things got complicated with a coworker or two okay. uh, since then. How, how would you describe that complication? Um, I have one coworker uh, who's uh, same job as me. So I work with her frequently. She does not, you know, she's a couple feet from me. Um, she was asking, she's asked me some strange things uh, that she's kind of backed off lately, but early on she asked me things like i came in one day um this time of year and i was wearing a dress and i didn't wear any tights because it was warm out and i wanted to you know feel the wind on my legs i guess (laughs) and her response to that first off she said she looked at my legs which are very pale and said are you wearing uh leggings white leggings i'm like no those are my legs and then she asked me, what do what, she's like, well, what do you wear under that? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Who, what do I wear under that? Who asks that? Wait, I wear the same thing any other woman would wear. I wear underwear. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, People. She also, I have a list. I'm not going to pull it up, but I have a list within arm's reach of the things she has said over time that has been like what are you talking about okay will you share those and we'll post them in the transformation thursday group okay all right if you can do that right after this we're just sure. recording this sure um she did ask me we had a new director as i mentioned earlier start um senior director and we were all gonna meet with him and she asked me before i i met we were each gonna meet with him individually 
And before I went to meet with him individually, she asked me, she's like, well, are you going to tell him? And looked me up and down. I'm like, am I going to tell him what? She goes, you know. And she looks me up and down again. I'm like, that I'm trans? I'll mention it if it comes up, but it's not exactly something he needs to know. Jesus. Yeah. So I did end up telling him uh, just because the conversation went there. I'm not one to shy away from it, you know. Um, And he was super accepting he's like okay you know didn't flinch about it. he's like all right and just kind of shook his shoulders like what is that you know, that doesn't have anything to do with anything so so what's the deal with her i mean why why she looks you up and down she asks you yeah. what what you're wearing on your legs and what you mm-hmm. wear underneath your skirt mm-hmm. i mean is she super conservative is she religious is she is she just nosy as fuck almost all of those um, I don't think she's religious, but she's definitely nosy as fuck, and she's, I'm pretty sure she, I would label her as conservative. I mean, you don't go up to any coworker and ask no. them no. about what they're wearing underneath their no. outfit, but, you because no. you'll be, but because V is transgender, this lady right. has this carte blanche to ask you these mm-hmm. personal questions. Yep. Has she asked you the surgery question? She, oh, I'm sure she did. You know, um, in the proper responses, yes, I have my wisdom teeth pulled out at 18. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the only surgery I've had. Um, see? Not, not that it's anyone else's business. Right. But, <laughs> um, she, uh, I came out to her on a business trip, actually. Uh, we had, the, her and I had gone to uh, the, the company in another state that does our medical record system to be trained and because we both started about the same time and while I was there I really wanted to be myself I would have if she hadn't been there but because she was there I was too afraid to um I came out to her on the last day and she was like well oh my god she felt bad because she thought I was a jerk because I was so reserved overall like, because you, you know, before you transition, you're super guarded on everything because you don't want someone to find out your secret. So, can, um, can confirm. Yeah. So, she, I'm sure she asked me the surgery question that night. Um, she kept relating it to her, her gay daughter. Like, oh, it's okay. I have a gay daughter. I totally understand. It's a little different. Yeah, I think people have a hard time wrapping their heads around that because, and I think that's partly our community's fault because, yeah. you know, we are wrapped up in the LGBTQIA plus community or whatever, you know, or however you want to refer to the acronym. And, you know, we just, and for that purpose, we just get lumped in. But right. but these but these letters are separate and distinct things, There's... especially when you get to the, the, to the things that are, T, Q, I, A, everything that goes on from there. And so they're very distinct and different. And people outside of the community have a very hard time understanding. You know, we've spoken about this, you know, tangentially on the main podcast is how, especially people, you know, there are, especially in the gay community, there are a lot of people that don't understand us and they make no bones about it that they don't want to understand us. Mm -hmm. I've been told by a gay man that he did not want to be called cis. I'm like, listen, honey, you are, right? I don't know what to tell you. That's like a turf not wanting to be called a turf. Yeah. Because I was in another group recently and this lady was like, well, you know, 
assigned birth does matter. I'm like, oh, you're a TERF. She's like, no, I'm not. I, I'm like, only TERFs talk like that. <laughs> She's talking about biological and biological. Yep. I'm like, no, Once no. Once you bring up biological sex, I'm like, you're oh, a you're a TERF. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not a turf, but I just think I'm like, ah. She's like, well, you got to understand, I was raped by a man. I'm like, well, then your problem's not with the trans woman right. community; it's with right. that particular male right. who did that to you and other sexual predators. I, I, right. I understand, but me being in your space, especially the bathroom or the locker room, mm-hmm. I, I get in, do my thing, and leave. So sorry. Yeah. So anyway, we, we, okay, so you come out to her on a business trip, mm-hmm. and then eventually, so just in the interest of time here, so let's go to where things start to, um, I don't want to say unravel, because I know a little bit about you, because we've spoken before about this, so where do things start to kind of change for you at work, though? So, uh, recently, within the last, oh, I would say six months, and I you, started going. And you've been out mm-hmm. for what, two and a half years now? I've been out for three. Three years. So three yep. three years later, now mm-hmm. you're having problems. Well, part of it is I decided to finally mention to HR all these things that she had said to me. Um, and I was told by HR, this was about six months ago, I was told by the current HR rep, uh, who is not the one I worked with originally. There's been two or three people in between. That's HR um, in general, though. I know. I know. Um, she basically told me, that I need to bring up more uh, time pertinent, bring it up, you know, more is there a quickly. Sta- is there a statute of limitations on this thing? No, no. But they, they want them to be more uh, timely in re- being responsible. Yeah, and I, I was afraid to tell anybody back then. Well, yeah, and I think a lot has changed now, especially because you are here in New York and we have the Gender gender Expression Non-Discrimination yep. Act that is now law, so I think mm-hmm. you feel a little bit safer bringing that up now. I do. So, but, but from an HR standpoint, I will, I will, I, I do understand what they're saying, though. Sure, sure. And I don't think, in retrospect, now looking back on everything uh, that I've gone through with them in the last few months, I d- honestly don't hold it against HR at all. Um, so I brought it up with them. I decided at that point that the company clearly needs more trans education. We're in an area where the number of trans people is high. <laughs> so as I take a picture of you on yeah. screen. <laughs> um, so they have to, you know, we in a healthcare system, we should understand trans people. We're working with them. You know, it's just... You know, we've we've talked about this quite extensively. So, healthcare, oh, yeah. healthcare outside of very specific transgender related healthcare providers, is notoriously bad for how they treat the mm-hmm. transgender community. Yeah, and, so, and luckily in our area we have a highly qualified trans health system yeah. that there are queer trans or queer health system that has done great things. And but that's a clinic. That is a clinic, correct. So if you're in the hospital for a procedure, mm-hmm. and you know, and this goes back to you know my co-host on on the big podcast, Penny Sterling, mm-hmm. you know, recently was had her top surgery approved, but because Penny has not legally changed her name yet, mm-hmm. she gets a phone call from the health insurance company, and they're like, "Sir, your surgery has been approved," and <sighs> and Penny's like. Um, do you see what the surgery's for? Can you put this together at all? Yeah. And even after she corrected him, the 
the person on the phone still misgendered her and dead named her extensively just because everything in the system at yep. the health insurance company reads in the old name, the old mm-hmm. gender. And that's the issue when you go into the hospital is that everything drives off of what's on your social security card because that's what goes to your health insurance card and it's the gender. So that way yep. when you're getting, uh, you know, especially a shot, medication, whatever, and they go in and scan your scan your wristband. And so everything's going to drive off that. Mm-hmm. So if you're... actually I have, I have a very similar story that just happened to me two weeks ago. I was at one of my company's locations uh, for procedure and uh, I knew the practice manager. So, you know, I'm ha- we're talking and the girl doing the, the paperwork's all distracted, listening to us talk. And I get the paperwork, I go sit down, I start filling it out. It's got the right name. It's got my legal name on it, Nika, not V. But that's fine, I get it, it's healthcare. I look at it again and I see, wait, it says my sex is M. That's not right. So I bring it up and they, you know, they, they apologized and they changed it. They totally got it. But I was seeing an endocrinologist a year into my transition where everything was made legal. And yet the system still had mail on there. It should not have had that on there. That's yeah. And that's crazy thing right now, because, and I, I know I get my insurance through the New York state health exchange right now. And I've gone through and updated everything with them, provided them all the Mm -hmm. documentation. So I'll probably find out shortly if the system's caught up to them. So you'll you'll start getting the emails or the letters in the mail that say you need to have a uh, a pap smear and stuff. It's great. Okay. <laughs> don't don't forget to get your pap smear. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> as Brenda would say, not with the initial install. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. So. So we're so we've established that healthcare systems and healthcare in general is not the most trans friendly environment. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So so yeah, I was trying to get I was trying to get some um, uh, education out there, and I emailed the director of our employee education. She basically told me, no, we we have a page of it in our diversity training, and that's about all we can do right now. Like, well, that page isn't enough, and most of the things she even referenced, you have to click through things that are not mandatory, except for that one page. Like if you want to go look at the court cases that they reference, you have to go and look for them. Like And having taken online computer-based mm-hmm. sexual harassment and that type of training, I'm not, I'm clicking through that as fast as I fast can, as you can. can to get yep. to the end that says, mm-hmm. I acknowledge I read this crap. Correct. Now, granted, we do have bariatric uh, training education that we have to do every year, which is for people large, large people. Um, and, but we don't have trans. But how many people in our population get bariatric surgery and get you know, or, or, or even in that you know, like that has to be smaller than the trans community. Um, yeah, I would say so. At least I know more trans people than I know bariatric people. There's I mean, that. I know. <laughs> But I'm in that community, but so I, I know a couple because I'm related to them. But that's, but that's about right. it. Right. I mean, I don't, and I'm sure there are other people in my life that um, have had it. But it's, I, but I don't I go have, around. But I don't go around asking people either. Right. Have you had the bariatric surgery? Right. But I, people I, will ask us though if we've had the surgery. 
Yeah, and I do have a friend who is in both, you know, both bariatric and trans, and she agrees with me that no, the trans is more important than the bariatric stuff. Yeah, nobody's going to misgender a bariatric patient. Right. <laughs> so I decided to step it up a little bit. <laughs> I decided to step it up. The the training. So so we're talking about trying to get some training here because we're coming mm-hmm. back from some stuff that I probably have already cut out, and so what. You know, what type of training were you trying to provide to the to the I, organization? I was looking for trans, uh, mandatory trans training. And, and because I was it's told, buried somewhere, somewhere, someplace. Correct. Which nobody right. will ever it's read. It's good enough. It's good enough. So after I went to HR with all the things that I'd compiled for the last couple of years on this one person, I said, oh, and we should have some mandatory education on trans people it affects the community it affects not just the trans community but the community as a whole um and we have patients that are trans and it's not just an employee situation like employees need to understand this um especially like our mental health facilities you know they need to respect pronouns because that's just gonna make people worse yeah but what about a trans man coming in to deliver a baby Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I so I said that to HR and they're like, well, we'll see what we can do. But in the short term, let's focus on this. I was like, OK, fine. A couple well, of weeks this? go by. Uh, the talk to her, talk to her. And did you ask her why she said that? And these kids, oh, okay, like, I don't okay, really okay. want to. So you, she was just more focused on the, on the, the, the immediate specific, HR stuff of those correct. comments. OK, so. Right. Yeah, we can leave those alone. I don't want to know what she said to you. That's between you and her. Yeah, I came out of one of my meetings with them because I found an online threat from this person's daughter. To you? Um, about me, yes. Um, it was a meme that she po- that that the daughter posted that was when your mom talks about her coworker, and it was like a it was basically a I'm going to beat them up threat. And then in the comments, my coworker right out said V. And I was like, oh, that's great. I hope he grabbed a screenshot. I did. And I took it to HR. And they basically told me because it was the daughter, they couldn't do much. But but um, she's, but your coworker confirmed it's you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does your <laughs> HR department have any idea about the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act? Do, do, they, uh, do they understand this at all? I have no idea. Granted, it was not a gender-related uh, threat, but it's still a threat against a coworker naming you. Uh, but because, yeah, I basically they did bring it up to her. I was like, I'm not bringing it up to her. Um, and then they told me that if I truly felt threatened, that I could go to the police. I'm like, well, they're not going to do anything for me. So I kind of left it at that and moved on because I I don't think anything's going to happen. So fine, but still. I mean, you're taller than I am. I mean, if this lady really wants to take you on, I think she's. Oh, dumb. I can take her. I can yeah. take her. Well, yeah. That's why I carry this in my purse at all times. I don't. We're not um. going to acknowledge what that is. <laughs> it's not but, a firearm. No, it's not a firearm. <laughs> but we're not going to acknowledge it. Anyway. Oh, you froze. There you go. All right. So, yeah, so, 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 but your work. I, I brought up. I brought up the training again. And they basically said, well, you talk to the director 
of training and she told you no we can't have diversity training for every minority oh my god mm -hmm. and i have talked to the hr person since and i understand that her hands are just as tight as mine but it was still not a pleasant experience to be told that no and i think you and i and you asked me for some advice and you know, you know, talking about documenting things and, right. you know, bringing up case law, anything like that. Did you ever present any of that to them? No, I figured it was a useless cause at this point. Well, no, I, I'm useless. looking forward more than anything and looking yeah. forward to getting my degree and moving on. Yeah. So because, I mean, as my, you know, and that's that's the balancing act that I think we have to weigh, though, is, yeah. is how do you. How do you protect yourself but not jeopardize your future with that organization? Because, I yep. mean, even because you're still probably there with the social work degree another three and a half, four years. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe not. I'm uh, hoping to uh, I have a friend who is a psychologist who I'm hoping to work with for my clinical hours and not do it through this company. But yeah, but this see. company is a big organization here. It is. And it'd it be is. very easy to get clinical hours through them. Yeah, it would. Except I won't be getting trans-related clinical hours, which I would prefer anyways. No, and I understand so. that. That's that's where I want to go with my practice as well once I eventually get there. But yeah. I'm, you're doing social work. I'm going to do mental health counseling just because I'm too right. lazy to go back and clean up some stuff from my undergraduate. <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway, so to wrap this up, where do you stand now then with your company? So I think I could probably wrap it up, but I want to hear it from your words. All right. So, uh, yeah, basically it comes down to HR only gives out the mandatory training based on the state and they aren't willing to spend money on things that aren't mandatory for them. So, yeah. But I think that's a very short-sighted view. Yeah, and, no, and I, I agree. Especially here in Rochester, I mean, even though we're not a huge market like New York City, Toronto, who are nearby us, you know, we have a very, I think, proportionally large trans community here. We do. And it's yes. very active and it's very well networked. And I think, you know, I think you'd want to be known in this community as a go to, you know, mm -hmm. like Trillium is here for LGBTQ healthcare. And yep. I think at the larger scale, when we get into the two hospital organizations here, I think that's where they start. I think from my perspective, they, I think, I think the other one does a little bit better than the facility where you work at. I but, agree. Yep. But they're not, they're, they're still not great. They're and, not. And I think both of them could do so much better for our yes. community here. Yes. And I have a friend who does something very similar to what I do over there. And we have compared notes on uh, things like how the medical record system, which we're both using the same one, how they handle trans people, how they identify trans people, and how they use pronouns and everything. And the other company is doing it better than we are, as far as I'm aware. And how much would that, how much effort would that take to even update the system to be able to identify that? And it's mark all built in. It's all built in. So it's a matter of just making sure that everything is in place. And making sure people as are far as I'm aware, I don't. I'm, I'm not an expert in that area, but yeah, it should shouldn't be the big deal. Yeah, but if you can put the fields in, it's just then maybe it's put the fields in and make sure people use them. Correct. Turn it on, basically. Yeah. So, hmm. I'm sure there's a little more work involved. There's probably you know I could go into tech to babble. No, but. don't go. In. 
No, don't, please. I remember that from my project managing days. And I'm yeah. not a technical person, but everything I'd always hear, it's a matter of IT resources. Oh, shut the fuck yeah. up, will you, yeah. and your resources. Which, yeah. Yeah, I won't yeah. get into that. Yep, you so you know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, V, I, I appreciate you taking some time to share with us here on Trans Stories, your experiences at work. and Thanks for having me. Yeah, and you know what? You're going to come right back, and we're going to do the Transformation Thursday podcast. And so, Yeah, do, do I have to, like, walk down the hall or? If you want to go to the bathroom, I don't give a crap. <laughs> what if I have to give a crap? Well, then. You go do what you need to do because I'm not going to ask you about it, okay? Okay. All right. So we'll be right back with a quick wrap-up here on Trans Stories right after this. To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to trans stories i am amy stevens and my pronouns are she her i do want to thank v again for coming on trans stories and reviewing her story at her work about how it was so positive at first, but then, you know, three years later, that kind of took a left turn someplace, and it's not going as well as it should. You know, she's tried to provide resources for her organization to improve their transgender services since they are in a healthcare public-facing uh, situation, and definitely knowing a little bit about the healthcare system, you know, it's something that I think healthcare really needs to take a look at itself. There are very few organizations within the healthcare industry that do transgender healthcare right, and it's the ones that specialize in transgender healthcare. So it's a very small fraction of the of the healthcare industry overall. And I, I just like to see that division of our of our society improve with its transgender healthcare. I think it's important for us, it's important for transgender people to end up with positive, affirming healthcare outcomes and being treated with respect within the healthcare system is a positive first step that more organizations need to take, in my humble opinion. Well, I want to wrap this up. I want to thank V. Susie again for coming on Trans Stories, and I will thank you for listening, and have a great night, everybody. Bye now.